You are now listening to the Claim It podcast with me, your host, Trisha Huffman, your joyologist. On the Claim It podcast, I am hoping to bring you some compassion, some inspiration, some connection, and reflection. I have started to do a little something new. I still have my guest conversational episodes where we get into the journey of their life, which I love so much. But uh, to be honest, I got a little over doing solo episodes. <laughs> I still have some solo uh, direct to you audio over on my From the Heart membership over at Substack. Um, and I love doing that so much. And for now, my solo episodes here, I'm still doing like a on and off with the guest episodes where we go into a life journey, but I've brought on guest friends um, that are new and old to have like a conversational topic. We're keeping it much shorter than the regular episodes. Uh, my last one with, is with my friend Sophie Sheesh. And today I have a new friend, Heidi Dosik. Uh, I loved this conversation and I hope it gets you thinking about your own connection to joy, what brings you fulfillment, what has you feeling like you're thriving uh, in your own life, in your relationships, and in your families. So I hope you enjoy it and let's get into the episode. <laughs> All right. So first, Heidi, I want to get to know you a little bit. I was intrigued by what you're passionate about and some things that we're going to talk about a little later. But as you know, I like to get into all my guests life journey a little bit. So what was what has life been like for you so far? Like what was life like for you growing up? Did you have dreams of being something this that and yeah, like what has happened throughout the years? Yeah. No, not really. <laughs> I'm just like a small little girl from Wisconsin. It's how I always, I'm like just a little rural girl. We lived out in the country growing up. I had three brothers. So there definitely was some tomboyishness and some sports and outdoorsy stuff in my life because of that. So a lot of hunting and fishing in my childhood. <laughs> Got it. Um, and that led to me loving the outdoors, but I wouldn't have been like all out nature girl, right? So I just fell in love with traveling, with spending time outside. And I wouldn't have told you any, I, I thought I was going to be like a teacher or a nurse, like most other girls my age. <laughs> and then um, as adventure became so much a part of my story, I realized like I'm a better person when I'm out exploring, when I'm out you know, traveling was a piece of that, obviously, but just being outside, I'm like, there's something riveting about this that's I'm not getting when I sit in a chair at a screen. So I was there part of that was okay? Was, was there a time like in your life where that was maybe like missing or like as an adult, did you seek it out? And like also, yeah, did you go to high school? Did you end up like going to college to just did not know what you're going to do, maybe a teacher or a nurse, or well, just that's the next step. Or did you not go to college? And like, yeah, like, was there a time like, where did travel start? And also like, where did you maybe start to sense this? Like, yeah, oh my gosh, I need more adventure in my life. Yeah. So the funny story was my dad has a huge family and I can't even tell you how many cousins he has. And he worked on airplanes like he fixed them. And one of the company benefits was that as a family, we could travel on a specific airline for twenty five dollars per person. So Amazing. like as a family of six it was the only way we really could afford to travel because we weren't, you know, we were definitely middle class. So we would travel around the country visiting his family, like his cousins. We would stay with them. It was very 
almost like camping experiences, you know, when a bunch of you get together and you camp. That's what it felt like, but we were at people's houses. And that's kind of where it started. And I would say from there, I traveled quite a bit. Every single year, we would go somewhere as a family. And then in high school, I had the opportunity to host a foreign exchange student. Uh, The first one was from Germany. And then the second one was from England. And with each of those, I had the opportunity then to go there as well. And so that really sparked my travel. I was like, ooh, I'm by myself now. Now I can do all the things. I have much more independence and yet a lot more responsibility, right? Because mom and dad aren't here telling me what to do. And eventually we hosted a, a foreign exchange student for an entire year from Thailand. And that showed me how different people were than what was happening in our small town. And that, I think, really ignited. So then I was on a mission. And where I think it came to into question was when I got through high school. So I got through high school, obviously, got through college. I did go to college to be a teacher. And I think that was kind of all over the board. I was a camp counselor for a number of years and interacted with people internationally because they came to camp, you know, from all over the world as well. And I was just curious and felt like there's got to be more to life than this small town Wisconsin life. And that, I think, was when things came into question. And I decided after college, I did not want to do my student teaching in a small Wisconsin school. I wanted to go somewhere else. So I went to Chicago Public Schools and was a teacher there. And then I felt stuck, like, oh, no, you don't have any money. (laughs) You are a poor little girl out of college. You're a teacher. You're single. You are done traveling for a while. And then I was I had to figure it out. So I think that ignited this like urgency for me to not give that part of my life up. And I might even say, you know, I think that was accelerated when I became a mom. Everyone's like, oh, time to settle down. And I was like, um, let me show you the other options. (laughs) So I love um, that. So you got to like when you were in high school, lived in a few different countries. Is that right? Yeah, they were short term. So I think the longest I lived somewhere was nine weeks. It wasn't like a year. Right. Well, I was I'm like, that still is like yeah, more than a month almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is very cool. And then interesting to like what it's where do you live now? I actually live back on the family farm. <laughs> In Wisconsin. (laughs) But like, and did you end up moving away? Because it sounds like too, it sounds like you're like, oh, there's going to be more than this, you know, small town Wisconsin. But it sounds like you were more drawn to like big adventure and travel than like, great. So just move somewhere else when you go like, and you did, you moved to Chicago, which is Mm -hmm. such a change of pace. So I moved to call, I moved, went to college in Chicago from Cincinnati, Ohio. And Cincinnati is not like a small town. We have like it's Ohio. We were like, oh, you're from right. Ohio. But like we have a major league baseball team, a football team. We have like lots of things going on. So I didn't really feel like I was in a small town. But Chicago is so different. And yeah. I loved city life. So it's interesting. Like, you know, like you felt like, yeah, you had this big change in Chicago, but it wasn't even like that scenery. Was it more just like the sense of adventure or like you're going on an exploration, you're going to explore and not like this change of pace or I got out of my small town? Yeah. So I think something happens, you know, as a child, you're constantly experiencing new experiences, like new things that you're not accustomed to. So your comfort zone just continuously is getting challenged. And I think I started to get comfortable with city life. And then I was like unsettling about that. I wanted something a little new, like what's going to be the new thing this year. And I tried things like I ran a marathon one year, like, okay, this is going to be my new challenge. I'm going to try something completely different and get outside my comfort zone. And every time I kept coming back to like, there's something still missing. And it seems like it has been this 
adventure of like getting outside my comfort zone. That's actually the thing that makes me most mm, at ease. Is that the right word? Or like, it's, yeah, I think that's like the piece of me that was missing. Yeah. Or I like, I I was thinking like fulfillment too, Mm. like, which I think can be like really like at peace and fulfillment really go hand in hand. But I think maybe we don't look at it that way because I feel like when the word fulfillment comes up so often, it looks like I checked all the boxes. I made it to this, you know, job title or this much money or like whatever, like I'm so big on it. Like so often we are chasing things based on what they look like. So what do I think it looks like to be fulfilled and not like what does it feel like? But really, I think that peace is the fulfillment. And that's why I'm all about, yeah, you can claim fulfillment every day, even if like you didn't get anything on your list done and it kind of went like your whole day went to crap. But great, what is something you connect can connect with, you know, in this moment to to feel fulfilled? Um, so may, that's what, yeah, when you were expressing that, I was like, oh, it might be that peaceness and also like this fulfillment. That was like a piece of you. So what happened um, after doing your student teaching in Chicago? Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of... Uh, I had a rough year. So I will say like, there were a lot of things that happened. I ran that marathon, I ended a very long term relationship. And I had bought a house when I was down there on a teacher salary, which was such a big mistake. And it felt like, to answer your question, you know, like, it felt like I was trying to check the boxes, but I didn't really want to check the boxes. But I got this really mixed message around like, what am I supposed to be? Or what does success look like? Or what does thriving look like? And that really sent me on a journey of like, what if it's none of these things. What if I don't care what my title is? What if I make so much money that I can travel the world and it still isn't fulfilling? You know, I had all of these like questions that came into light. The funny story is I made more money nannying than I did teaching. And on the weekends, like the, the families that I worked for often would like travel and I would take care of their kids and their dogs when they left. And I was like, oh, maybe this is more fulfilling than actually teaching. Because in teaching, I was kind of being told what to do. And I had a system to abide by. And I don't know. So it was a little bit of this like unsettlingness. And part of me decided like, you know what? F it. I'm going to leave. I'm going to start over. I'm just going to like see if I can do it. I'm going to start from nothing and do it all over. So I moved. That was when I moved back to Wisconsin just to see like, okay, I'm going to start from scratch. I'm not going to teach. I'm going to see if I can get another job in a different field, see how things go. Um, and, and along that way, I did obviously find meet my husband, who we are married now. But um, I think the source of meeting him was very interesting, too, because he didn't check any of the boxes that I thought I needed. You know, like it wasn't tall, dark and handsome. I'm not saying my husband's not tall, dark and handsome, but he was just not at all what I thought I was looking for all those years. So it's just kind of funny how uh, things evolved. And I think one of the funniest things was when I met my husband, I found out he had a motorcycle and I was like, oh, let's go for a ride. (laughs) We ended up going to Sturgis. So Sturgis is in South Dakota, four states away for a weekend. And that I was like, oh, I feel alive. Like we are doing something completely crazy. And are you saying that you went there like right after meeting him or eventually? Three months after meeting him. Okay, still pretty early on, but I wasn't sure if it was like, take me on your motorcycle. And he was like, let's go to Sturgis. Here we go. All right. Like, this is still pretty early on. <laughs> yeah. And he had never gone that far in his motorcycle. He's like, oh, we can't go that, that far. That wasn't was like a cool. thing that he did. It was, no, you know. That was me being like, oh, yes, we can. We can make this work. I am no, we can do this. So, yeah, it was kind of a fun story. 
Interesting. It's uh, and I like the bringing up of like, yeah, like what your idea of I, I like think back to in my college years, like the late teen or well, te- all teens and all the teen years and early 20s too. like how many times I remember like falling for a guy, like having feelings and fighting myself on it because he doesn't look like the person I think I should be with or something. Um, and it was so like, I, I can remember it so hard, like fighting myself to like who I'm allowed to enjoy spending time with and like these feelings that were naturally coming up. And I was like, no, no, that's not who I imagined myself to be. And it wasn't like, again, like their appearance, like, oh, they weren't good looking. It was just like, I worked in the music industry. So like, oh, that person's a super like death metal, wears these giant boots, like, a bandana around their head every day. Like, it was just like, again, like they were attractive in their way, but it was just like, no, 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 no. Like, they're not the the idea of what Trisha should like. And it was like so painful. (laughs) Those damn shoulds, right? Um... So, okay, so you moved back to Wisconsin and also you were like, let me just start over. Like, let me just find a job. Was it more like, can I find a job that gives me a better like quality of life? Like not even so much about the income of like not like the stressor of like being a teacher is so important. And now with the young kids, I'm so freaking grateful for teachers. But yeah, unfortunately, they have a lot on yeah. their shoulders. Yeah, I think I just I never gave myself permission to explore anything else. I was never curious about anything else because that's just what I thought I was supposed to do. So I think for me, I did take a number of different jobs, mostly community based in the public sector. So I worked in like public health as an educator and I worked in research and evaluation for the university setting and then most recently worked in philanthropy, helping donors give money away to community causes. But I think it was more about giving myself the permission that I don't have to have this all figured out and I don't have to do what someone else thinks I should do. I can figure out and prove myself. It always felt like a new challenge. When I was taking a different job, there was a bit of me that was like, I think I can do that. I wonder if I could, you know, let me prove them wrong a little bit. So that I think drew me to the nature of different work. And, you know, I think what's interesting though, is we often go back going back to your fulfillment question. I think I was looking for fulfillment in a title. And then when I got to like a title that I thought was fulfilling, it really wasn't. It was like, okay, now what? Okay. I did that thing. I checked that box. And so it's really sent me on this whole exploration of what life truly is and what does it mean to have a thriving life. Bringing you a brief interruption because, oh my goodness, I went off my normal skincare routine when I was like traveling around the holidays and stuff. And it is incredible what a difference it makes in how my skin looks and feels. So my normal skin routine is using all Blissoma skincare products, which is authentic green beauty. It's cutting edge chemistry meets traditional herbal knowledge for the best of both worlds. Julie, who has been a past guest, everything is made in-house in their location, and it is just next level. I know skincare can be confusing. There's so much stuff out there, and honestly, a lot of the labeling is not monitored. So people can call things, you know, organic, green, this, that, this is the product you need for your skin. 
and there's no way to telling if it's BS or not. So all Blasoma skincare products are based on whole herb extracts, unrefined oils, and fresh juices. The products are rich with antioxidants, bioavailable vitamins, essential fatty acids, and complex phytonutrients that are usually missing in refined commercial skincare products. They're free of pedo petrochemical ingredients, artificial preservatives, and synthetic colors and fragrances. It really matters not just what we put into our bodies, but what we put on our bodies and our skin. So not only though are they made of the best ingredients, they do so much to make sure they're actually working with your skin. My skin is just like so glowy that I don't even want to put on my like tinted moisturizer sunscreen thing that I always, always, always wear because my skin just is glowing and it feels so good. So I use one of Blissoma's sunscreens because of course we need sunscreen. So please go check out their products at blissoma.com. The link will be in the show notes. You can use my code claimit 20 for anything in the moisturizer category. We're in winter here. We need lots of moisture. Um, some of my favorites are Aura, the Phyto Brightening Serum, Free, the Rejuvenating Herbal Gel Cleanser, and Restore, the Omega Miracle Facial Oil. Go check them out. Go to blissoma.com. I promise you, you will not regret buying these products and using them on your skin. Blissoma.com. The code is CLAIMIT20. Yeah. And that, um, that's one of the things like, yeah, I was interested in, it was your like metrics for thriving yeah. and was, where did that come from? And was that something so that developed like once you were a mom with kids and like how it feels like it's like being a mom is so fulfilling. Yeah. And also then, yeah, like it's a lot of time and energy taken away from like, Oh, what? L like, you know, like yeah, our own, yeah. like, oneness and fulfillness and like we can't just be getting it from our kids yeah yeah so I think there were a couple pieces in there that I would say kind of al aligned one was you know the I don't even like the word work-life balance but people would talk about like oh how are you going to manage as a mom and do have a career and do all the traveling that you used to do you know, that's going to be really hard to balance. And and nothing really ever felt balanced right like one day I might have a peak experience with my kids and then the next day I would have to be on for work. And so I just kind of really wanted to reject that notion that life is always going to be balanced. But I didn't know even what I wanted. Like, why does work get 50% of that equation? I just didn't like that. I was like, wait a minute, let me divide this up a little bit differently so that my work, my life looks, has all the pieces in it that I want to have in it. And so I started to look at, okay, if I had an ideal day, what would an ideal day look like? And I had heard in the metrics, in creating like the metrics of thriving for myself, of the wheel of life type. Um, it's a circle and essentially you create the spokes of the wheel that, that you want in your life and you rate yourself on like, where am I now and where do I want to be? I guess some of that came down to, I just didn't like the fact that my slices of life were predetermined for me. Like they're not all going to be equal. I want 
recreation and travel to be have a bigger slice of my life. And I want kids and family to have a bigger slice of my life. And so slowly I started to realize that thriving, if I was to look at success, I got to stop looking at money and titles as success or thriving because those were the things that caused the least amount of joy. <laughs> but then I didn't know what thriving was going to look like, which led to another conversation and kind of, I'll just be really blunt. I'm a geek. So I started to geek out in the research space around what are thriving people experiencing? What does it look like to be thriving? What does a day look like when I feel at my best? And it was a lot of kind of self-discovery and inner work. And I didn't know how to do that for myself, but then also as a mom, what did it that mean for my kids? So how could I help my kids experience thriving without feeling like it, it was an achievement metric or how well behaved they were that day? It was, it was more organic, like how often did we laugh today? And what did we do that, what was the, our relationship or what encouraged our connection that allowed us to have the best day ever? So those are the types of things that led to my joy audit was just really a curious I don't know, exploration, adventure of what would it look like if, and then starting to answer those questions. Yeah. One also, it's like it, you're looking at it as a family. It's one thing, but then like individual for each kid, like what would might, you know, bring one kid joy or fulfillment is not necessarily for all of them. So it's not like these are the things that we all need to make sure to be focused on or whatever. Yeah. So did you end up creating like an actual family joy audit? Is it like different sections? Is it different? Like, yeah, what does that look like if people wanted to apply that in their own life? Yeah. So we started with little things to get intentional. Like what would it look like? What would a joyful experience look like? For, so each kid kind of did that with themselves. So I tested it personally, and then I tested it with each kid. What would be something that would be fulfilling for you? Like what's something you're curious about, would like to experience? And then I would do it one-on-one -on -one with each of my kids. So it was things like my one son, who was maybe like seven or eight at the time, said, you know, mom, I just want to do a one. I want to do like a special art project with you. Right. So I'm thinking like, okay, this could be a range. It could be like a craft day in mom's office, or it could be like, we go paint pottery. We do, all, you know, like this highfalutin thing that's going to cost a lot of money. So we did a couple of different things. And each time I would say, okay, like on a scale of one to 10, how much fun was that? How much joy was that? And I would keep track. So again, I'm a little bit of a nerd. So I keep track, like how much time did we spend together? How much did it cost? And I would tell him, ask him to like write about it. What was the best thing about that day? And usually it was the simple stuff. It was, I got to spend time with mom and then go to a playground. It wasn't like, oh, it, this is what I created. And I was so proud of my artwork. No, it, it came down to like, oh, we want to do things together and have that one-on-one -on -one time without my other siblings around. And then the other thing I found was like, there's a difference though between these like peak, what I'll call like peak moments where they kind of, they hit the scale, they kind of give you a dopamine hit and then they kind of fall back down, right? They fall off your radar. You forget about them maybe a month later. And so I was trying to think of how could I measure, and again, I can't believe I'm saying measure, but like how could I measure the difference between joy and happiness? Like you might be happy in the moment, but joy is really like a longer sustained inner experience, right? Because you remember it for a longer period of time. So then it came down to, again, I started looking at different metrics around would this person, would my son write a review about this experience? Would he talk about it 30 days after the experience? You know, like now I'm getting a little nerdy and I'm going to apologize. But these were the things that were going through my head is like, is there a way to actually validate the joy? <laughs> so 
that was interesting though, because again, I started finding the memories that we were creating, the ones that had the most meaning were the ones that they remembered long after the experience. Well, it reminds me just yesterday and my kids, um, created a stand selling painted rocks in my neighborhood and they raised $30, uh, and they immediately wanted to go to Target and split that money. So I was like, okay, you guys each have $15. And I thought like $15, you can get a decent like toy for $15. And they were picking like three, like, oh, okay, well, I want this and this. And like, let me get these three small things that were just in everything these days is like you open it up and there's like a surprise. So it was just like a plastic container that you're going to open up and there's going to be a tiny plastic toy in and that's three or four dollars. And I was just like, they, I was like, no, can we please? Like, I know you're like more things, but that like, you're just going to be like opening it up. You're going to play with it. Maybe you'll play with it that day. And then it's going to just probably be laying around your room as junk. Like, can we please, like, I had to like keep it. It's like, that's sort of like, it is like what you're saying. It's like sustained joy. It's like, I had to convince them to look for items that they would be like, yeah, like, be excited to play with and see and that they earned the money for mm -hmm. that too for like weeks and months to come and not like the immediate joy of I'm opening this yeah I'm opening this yeah <laughs> whatever so that's what that reminded me of too where it was like yeah like looking for the sustained joy right <laughs> not just like the happiness of that moment like oh I got the treat ah, like mm -hmm. and then <laughs> like well and sometimes we want like even as parents we want our kids to be happy like if we can curate this perfect environment then they will be happy but a lot of the research, even in child development shows, like you need kids to like allow themselves to explore the environment and get comfortable in their surroundings before they can figure out how to entertain themselves. And I don't know, it's really fascinating, I think, as I've gotten on this little journey to realize there's so many ways that we want to prescribe joy on our lives. And you can't just like, I don't know, fake it. You have to actually experience it and be uncomfortable sometimes in the moment in order for joy to emerge. Well, yeah, I think a lot of, you know, going back to when you were noticing like you got too comfortable in city life and like what was then like missing, it is like that leaning into discomfort, It it's like can be so challenging. But then that was like really where like on the other edge of that discomfort is where like magic and excitement is. And that's in, in so many different ways. Like when I'm nervous to like send an email to someone to see about an opportunity, like I'm like, you know, but then it doesn't. I mean, if I get a reply that's a yes, it's like, oh my gosh, holy <laughs> shit, that happened. But it's also even like just the getting over my discomfort of like getting out of my own way to send it mm -hmm. feels like such a relief in that. Like, but like whatever it is, like there's so many ways to lean into our discomfort every day. And then like what could be on the other side of that? And I think sometimes as parents, we want to protect our kids from discomfort. Like we want them to, you know, if I can, again, curate the perfect model for my kids to get this, this, and this experience, well, then they'll be happy. And it's just not true. Like it's not happening. Kids are human beings that need to, disco to discover and explore. And so much growth happens when you're in that discomfortable, I call it discomfortable. Like it doesn't have to be panic. It doesn't have to be fear-based, but it has to be slightly uncomfortable. And so, like, do you have with your metrics for thriving? Is it like actual, like, yeah, do you have like checkpoints or like besides your own research that you did within your own family, do you have tools for other people to utilize? 
Yeah, I do. I do in the book. I have a book um, that I wrote about it. And because there's actually quite a few tools out there. And when people start looking at goal setting, they often start to look at money and titles first. And so in the book, I give a couple examples of like, what does it look like? So sometimes it's activity based. But we talk a lot about, you know, there's different forms of capital in our lives. There's energy, there's social capital. And so some of the things we do in our in our life are we have like a monthly or seasonal adventure list where we try to get intentional about, okay, we're going to get outside of our comfort zone. We're going to try something we've been curious about. We're going to meet up with people we haven't seen in a long time. There's different ways to really trigger that experience without having it be expensive or a, you know, trauma inducing in any way, shape or form, but really help fulfill you and help you feel connected to other human beings in a meaningful way while also creating unique and inspiring experiences. I think that has been what I've found. So we are um, embarking on a family gap year. I'll just also put that out there because of what I, and, and one of the funny things about all of this is having been a traveler, I was like the person who planned all the things, right? Like the itinerary was set. I knew where we were going. I knew where we were going to stay. And then what I started to realize, like I was really limiting what was what the potential was of that experience because I was so scheduled and so planned mm. that we were missing opportunities for just authentic experiences. And the less we planned, the more fun it was. And so, so much of our life is prescribed for us, meaning like vacation is usually Sunday to Saturday because that's what work allows. And when we started to really break through those boundaries to say like, well, it can be whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be a seven day experience. It could be two days of a seven day experience that you don't plan at all or that's when we really started to see some of these magic things emerge of, you know, our kids played for four and a half hours one day when we were in Jasper, Canada, because they were like making up this whole story of what they're, I don't know, they were going to be natives and they were making food out of leaves and sticks. And I don't even know what they were doing, but I was like, I've never seen them play for four and a half hours at home without fighting. This is something I should write down. <laughs> What is uh? What's a family gap year? Oh, so a family or what is that? What is what did that mean for you? For what does that mean for yes. you? Yeah, <laughs> so we are taking a break from traditional employment and traditional schooling. So my husband and I oh. both were W two employees, and both of our kids went to public school, and so we were pretty much as we've gone through this path of like what do we want our life to look like. We all really enjoy travel and trying new things, but we wanted, we've always felt like we had to hurry up and get home to do the required things, right? So we were trying to figure out how could we not have to go back to work for a long time or how could we make it so that our kids didn't have to be dictated by the school schedule. So that's what it'll be. Wait, so are you meaning like, starting January 1st, you're starting a gap year or you're in the gap year right now or like what? Yeah, starting middle of January. So our kids are in public school right now through the semester. When the semester ends, we are switching to homeschool and we own an RV. That was part of the plan is we're going to be traveling around the United States, North America and doing whatever we feel like for a year. <laughs> so that's what it looks like. Love it. Love it. And I love the idea of like the monthly, like looking at your like adventure. I was actually um, just was like brought that into an element from one of my group coaching programs was looking at like what is something you can add into your next month? Because I think so often we get overwhelmed with how we want to make changes in our life because it feels like 
I'm doing this every day yeah. or like this is, you know, like whatever, like, okay, I got to be healthier. I got to be, I want more, re- like best. I want to start meditating. Then we're like, okay, if I didn't do it every day, we didn't, you know, like then I'm just a failure. And so I'm going to give up and I'm never going to do that. And I'm not good at this or whatever. And like, you know, I'm all about the small things. And today I was even thinking too, like I was dropping my kids off at school and there's a couple hikes nearby and I've been like, oh, I would love, ever since I moved here, I would thought like, oh, I would love to drop the kids off and then hike. But it really doesn't work out with like, how much fuel have I had in my body or like needing to go to the bath? Like, yeah. it was like, it's like, whatever. But I was, again, I was like, oh yeah, remember hiking? And then I was like, what if I just aim to do that one day a week? And it also doesn't have to be, I drop the kids off and I drive there. Like you can come home and give yourself like a 15 minute, whatever this. But it was just so much more like, yeah, what if I just try to do that one day a week and see how that feels? And if I like that, not like I have, I've never did that. So blah, blah, blah. And then too, with the, like, what can you add into your month? Like, oh yeah, I want an adventure. I want adventure. What are you calling more into your life? I want some more adventure into my life. I want rest. I want social, like I want friends because I think life moves so fast and it is challenging Mm -hmm. for a lot of people to make plans, whether it's even with other people, but also in themselves. But if you could look at like your month and be like, yeah, okay, I'm going to choose an adventure day. And that doesn't mean you have to go on a trip. And so then the money equation of it is like, okay, I'm just going to go like explore a different area. Like what would that look like to me? So just like looking at your month and being like, especially whether you're solo, whether you're in a couple partnership, whether you have a family, like, hey, what elements do we want to add into our month to up our, our family, like to up our joy? to up these feelings of fulfillment. Yeah, and uh, it's so funny you mentioned that because what I started to experience through all of this was that the things I loved about joy, or I'm sorry, the things I loved about travel had really nothing to do with travel. It wasn't the fact that we were in a certain space. Like those were all things I could replicate back home. But so often like the busyness of life was just distracting me from this moment. So it really just took some intentionality. And I always say, with families that are just trying to do this and figure it out, I'm like, just take the first next step. Like it doesn't have to be a 10 year or a 10 step plan. It's just like, what are you going to do tomorrow? And I don't, I don't care if there's a big goal. If you want to run a marathon, well, take a mile run first. What does that look like? You know? So we started to get really intentional too, about just doing things in our backyard. What are simple things we could do in our backyard that were fun adventures? And I think COVID probably revealed this in a good way that we were taking, uh, we call them Wednesday field trips, just in our yard, just to do something else, just to create whatever, who knows what we were doing. But some days we were playing with sticks and some days we went, we have a canoe area nearby. So, you know, we went for a canoe ride one day. We have never done that. And it's been here all of my life and I've never done it. And I was like, why have we never done this? So I think it opened our eyes to the resources and the opportunities that are literally outside our door that we always overlook for something better. Right. I mean, and it too, with traveling, like, sure, it is like having to do with the actual travel experience. But yeah, what you're saying, it's sort of like you're in a whole different like energetic and mental space because you have taken yourself to this new like, okay, we're here. We've traveled to get here or whatever. We're staying somewhere different. That and that, yeah, we can do that, whether it's just like, you know, being a tourist in your own town. Like, again, that doesn't mean you have to go spend a lot of money, but like, oh, let's go see this thing or let's like put yourself in that energetic mode of like traveling. Mm -hmm. Why do I like 
to travel? Is it because of rest? Is it because of adventure? Is it because of like meeting new people? Like you can do that mm-hmm. in your <laughs> like yeah like what does that look like for your own life in your own budget yeah. right now? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we did. I mean, I joke that there were so many places in our area, maybe not our own neighborhood, but like within 50 miles that I'm like, I've never heard of this place. Or what's the best playground within 30 miles of our house? Like it became like this, I don't know, scavenger hunt type thing. And there were so many things that we found that we probably wouldn't have been aware of had we not looked for them. Love it. Any last tips for people? No, I think... What I often encourage is like to find that form of thriving that works for you. And if you need ideas, I've got a million of them. So I can share. I'll give you a link, Trisha, if you want to share it with your listeners too. Just a way to download ideas to get your brain going. Because sometimes I think we overthink it and get stuck. So I'll share that link with you and you guys can explore it. But really, I'd encourage you. Like, what's the one thing that's just outside your comfort zone that you haven't tried, that you're curious about, that maybe has always been on your list? And then how can you make a small step towards that? Love that. And yeah, I think it's true. Like a lot of times people don't like, they don't know what really what thriving is. Cause again, I think it's so often we're a program to like what that looks like, mm-hmm. what society has taught us. It looks like to be enough, to be successful, to be thriving. And that usually then does have to do with like capitalism and how much money you make and what kind of car you drive and what your house is and how much money is in the bank and all that stuff. And that's like, yeah, we need to be a responsible adults, but you don't like it really it's what matters most is your joy and your fulfillment. I was just having this thought today too. I was watching a TikTok and I think I just saw, I was seeing somebody talk about, there's people that are constantly sharing like their refrigerator organizations, like, okay, they're like restocked or whatever, whatever. And this person was just like, I just want you to know if you don't do like whatever, like, like that's not important. Like that's great if you do that. But I was just thinking like, yeah, it's as if so many, so often we are like moving through our lives as if we're in a competition with with other people because it is we're trying to prove ourselves like what is the best outfit to wear what is the best hair to have like what is the this what is the that like how do I look acceptable to others in many ways and it's like we're in this competition to be like accepted or approved of and it's it's like it's so it's so energy draining and it really doesn't mean anything like it's like again what makes me, what is, what am I comfortable in? What brings me joy? What gets me excited and not like, it's just, we're so programmed to be looking outside of ourselves. Like, is this good? You good? Is this good? Is this good? Does this mean I'm thriving? What do you think? (laughs) True. Oh, wait, me. Yeah. Let's come back to me. Trisha, it's funny you mentioned that because if you would have asked me 30 years ago, do you think thriving is living in a van down by the river? I would have told you you were crazy. But that's actually what I'm (laughs) signing up for. I'm going to be living in an RV in a van around the world. And that is something I cannot wait to do. So yeah, you really have to question like (laughs) what is thriving look like for you? It It might look crazy to some other people and that's okay. Yeah, like where are you really like stealing joy and fulfilling them away from yourself because we're just looking around like, is everybody approval of this? And nobody cares. And who cares if they judge you? Like that's their own reflection of themselves yeah. not being able to like be comfortable in their own lives. Like when people are sitting around judging you and pointing fingers, like that's because they have no idea where to start in their own lives. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I like to use the idea of like a Sherpa. Is someone going to help me reach my summit? And if not, do I want them in my life? So I love just like that Sherpa mentality. So a Sherpa is often someone who helps like the climbers on everything 
Everest, reach the summit or whatever. So I'm always thinking like, okay, who's in my tribe? Who are the Sherpas? And who are the anchors that are like pulling me down, making me feel like I'm not good enough, not big enough, and just like cut the cord and get rid of those anchors because they really are holding you back. And so the more Sherpas I have in my tribe, I feel like that is helping me advance as well. And I can celebrate. I can be Sherpas in other people's tribe too. So I think that mindset of like comparing yourself to others, like be a Sherpa then. Don't be an anchor. Love that. Thank you so much for chatting. We'll definitely share a link to your podcast and your book and your your um, link yeah. for checking the thriving or how to figure that out. Yeah, those are just <laughs> simple adventure ideas. I'll send that to you as well. That'll be great. Love that this episode happens to be coming out at the end of one month. And hey, you might listen to this many weeks, many months later, but I'm hoping that you take even just five minutes right now and look at your upcoming month and also evaluate what it is that you want to bring more into your life, more peace, more adventure, more um, like friendship connections, more rest, more nurturing, like a wellness day, a self-care day, an exploration day, an adventure day. What do you want to be calling more into your life? And then look at how you, when, like actually pick a day to make that happen. And you don't even have to take the entire day, right? But just like be intentional with your life. Find ways to add these things that bring you feelings of joy, that bring you feelings of fulfillment into your everyday life and to not hold on to when I have a vacation, when I have this trip I'm looking forward to do the trips, do the big adventures, do that big fun stuff, but also make space for these things that you're craving and that have you feeling like you're thriving in your life, in your everyday life. I hope this episode brought you some support. I will have links in the show notes. Again, make sure to A, get my book, F the shoulds, do the once. A lot of the stuff that we talk about is in my book and how we are conditioned by the shoulds so much that we don't even realize like what would make us thriving because we don't know. We're too busy looking outside of ourselves without realizing it. And uh, check out my From the Heart membership over on Substack, trishahuffman.substack.com backslash subscribe. Hit me up if you are wanting some one-on-one support and, uh, you know, get my inspiration app called Own Your Awesome in the App Store. And also, FYI, my shop is doing a revamp. Uh, I don't even know, honestly. Uh, this is something I've been pondering for a few years, and it doesn't mean I will never make products again. But the inventory that I have, the mugs, the keychains, the magnets, the stickers, the journals, everything that's in my shop right now, once it sells out, I do not plan on restocking. Even the Own Your Awesome Affirmation deck, to be honest. It might come back at some point. Um, But yeah, we're we're going through some changes over here. So there are going to be prices marked down for the rest of the year until these items disappear. Some items only have like two left. Some have like a hundred left. So uh, get in there, get some gifts for yourself, for other ones, stock up because they're going away. And I'm so grateful for all of your support, support over the years, whether you've bought one item or you've bought items with me regularly. I'm so grateful. And again, products might not go away forever. But for now, they are. 
All right, sending you so much love, so much peace, so much ease as you move through your day and your life.